welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast, we'll be bringing you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Anne-Marie Aikens, who is the Metrolink's Media Relations Manager. And the reason why we brought you on board is as part of the open government tour, is because I became a huge fan of Metrolinks and more importantly, how you were communicating, at least to me, you were creating videos, you were giving behind the scenes pictures of some of the work you've been doing, as well as tweeting incessantly like the Metrolinks account and other people. It's been fascinating to see how you've been communicating to your audience. But before we dive too much into that, why don't you take a few moments to explain to people who don't know Metrolinks what you guys are trying to do? So Metrolinks is a regional transportation authority. So we, uh, we uh, cover all the greater Toronto and Hamilton area. And uh, we're tasked with a couple of things. One is we, um, the biggest one is we do regional transportation planning. And we developed something called The Big Move, which is our regional transportation plan for the Greater Toronto Hamilton area, which is a very broad, very diverse area that was accepted by all levels of government um, a number of years ago. And we have been implementing that plan. Uh, Thanks uh, to for the most part, to our provincial government, we have um, been funding. We had the uh, we had funding for the first uh, wave of projects, which was sixteen billion dollars worth of projects, which is pretty cool to get, be working on the last few years because we haven't really had any uh, tran- transit investment um, in twenty or thirty years. So it's wonderful to get going on that. So we're way far behind. We're now embarking on. Um, so many of those projects are underway, $16 billion worth of projects. But uh, we're now embarking on a hugely ambitious second wave of projects over the next 10 years, which is another $11-plus uh, billion worth of projects, which is really going to transform our current system. And marie I wanted to ask, why is communicating with the public important to transportation planning? And how does that two-way communication actually influence the work and the plans and what's happening at Metrolinx? Well, it's really, really important for a lot of reasons. One is that when I say $16 billion and then another little $11 billion, that is taxpayer money. So people want to and deserve to know how their money is being spent. And transit, as we've discovered during the last provincial election and this municipal election that's underway, is is really become the most important uh, issue for people. They want to know how they're. They want to know that it's being built. They want to know how their transit uh, dollars are being spent, and that is our task. Is one is to communicate with people to tell them what's happening. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One is they want to know how their tax dollars being spent, but they also want to know what the heck is all this uh, uh, construction underway in my backyard that's really disrupting my life. Um, they deserve to know what that's about, that building transit can be painful. We have to pay for it, and it causes disruption in our lives. And um, so communicating with them about those things is really, really important. Plus, we want to know their feedback. We want to know where we're doing well, where we're screwing up, and where we can do better, um, and uh, what they don't understand. Uh, if, if what we're telling them is not making sense to them or they're not clearly understanding it, 
Because when you live in the transit world, you start thinking like a transit geek and uh, talking like a transit geek and using that lingo. And that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. So, so that two-way conversation is really important. So I, we can do better. That's the only way you, you improve. The only way you really have a conversation is if it's two-way. So, and we do that in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's, and with, of course, with social media is the, probably the most impactful and biggest way that, uh, we're communicating people, uh, having conversations with people. Um, and so that's become a real focus for us. Well, one of the big things that I, I became a fan of from Metrolinks is the videos you've been creating about what's going on, setting the expectations. I mean, you guys were also sending out pictures, like I mentioned earlier, like you would go inside the tunnels for the cross down and take pictures, like just regular, like not professional pictures, just like yourself or other people mm-hmm. saying like, this is what's going on. And, and I, I even know that for myself, through a Metrolinks video, I learned the difference between a low-rise, a mid-rise, and a high-rise building from an urban planning perspective. It's not just a matter of height. It's a matter of sunlight. It's a matter of so many different things. I learned so much from those videos. So I don't see that kind of strategy being implemented in many other government initiatives. I'm wondering why you guys chose to take that, that, that strategy and has it... Has it garnered the kind of attention and uh, success that you thought you were that you thought it was going to have? It absolutely has, and and you know we didn't invent uh, the wheel. We looked at other transit agencies like TTC, for example. Oh, there's nobody better that uses video than uh, TTC. Um, Brad Ross and Chris Upfold are are just doing a tremendous job at uh, helping people understand things. And, you know, as I said, we, we when you live in the transit world, you think, you know, you take things for granted that people understand why you do the things that you do. And um, and and they don't. And uh, so and people learn uh, uh, best through visual uh, images. So we started we started with pictures. And you're right. We got some professionally done pictures. So they look really, you know, beautiful because we're really changing our urban landscape, and that's important for people to see. Um, but um, we actually go and experience ourselves and take the pictures and share those with the public. They love them. They love our short videos. That gives them, again, a very cool image, and they see see what's happening. They can see for themselves, oh, this is, what's, this is what it's going to look like, and this is what it's, I'm experiencing now. And that's so this may be painful, this construction, but look at what I'm going to get at the end of it. So those are important. But now we're moving towards more, um, uh, uh, in addition to that, we're turning to, towards more of um, uh, longer videos, um, because changing behaviors is something we want to do as well. We want to pe- we want people to get out of their cars and into transit. We want people to walk. We want people to ride their bikes. We want people to use um, uh, know all of the choices they have in their commute. Um, 
And uh, and that to change behaviors, we know it takes longer than a seven second, fifteen second video. It takes you t you need to capture people's imagination and their attention for upwards of two minutes. So I just before we wrap up, I, I you know Richard mentioned and you you alluded to kind of Metrolinks is doing a really good job in this kind of citizen education, behavior change, and this kind of authentic, real, accessible, and personable communications. How can those approaches that you take in being authentic and personable be used in other domains? in government outside of transportation, especially in other domains where behavior change is important? Well, I think other, other organizations, other government organizations, other nonprofits, everyone is doing that. They, they realize that in order to change people's, help people change their own lives, to change behaviors, you need to reach people. So you need to move them to motivate them. And that comes in different ways. You, we, you mentioned the public uh, consultations. That's something that we do regularly, like all, all the time for all of our different projects, whether it's an environmental assessments, whether it's from getting people's opinions, um, getting people's ideas on design. To, you need to engage people and feel like they have ownership in it. And uh, that... Um, that comes in all kinds of different ways, and uh, you have to do things that make them really feel engaged, that they're not just getting talked to or talked at or uh, talked down to. That's even the worst. I, th I think in the old days we di really did talk down to people you know, without meaning to, but uh, that's the way it certainly came across. People did not feel engaged with their government agencies. So um, that's, that's really something that we're, we're trying to do more. And that's going to, you have to, one of the things you have to be able to do is to be adaptable because what we're doing today might not work six months from now, three months from now, something new may happen. Um, you know, when, when I did our, our first, when, public consultations five years ago was very different. They looked very different than they do today. The, the metro links, the, the, the transportation plan in Toronto, there's a lot of people that are maybe not be happy with it. But what I love about metro links is how at least, not the plan so much, but your communication strategy. You're really inviting everyone to the table, whether they, they don't like it, whether they like it, or they can provide your feedback. So thank you so much for adopting this sort of open government culture of feedback, saying we don't have all the answers. We'd love to hear from you. So please, Anne-Marie, like some people may not like the Metro Links or the big move as a plan, but no one can fault your communication strategy. So thank you so much for, for working so hard on this. Well, you're welcome, and, and good luck with all of your work. I, I admired it tremendously. That was Anne-Marie Aikens from Metrolinks on the Open Government Podcast. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the open government community. If you've got any questions about today's episode or anything about what we discussed, or if you'd like to speak with Anne-Marie directly, her Twitter handle is at femwriter, F-E-M, W-R-I-T-E-R. -E the hashtag for the podcast is OGT Pod. My Twitter handle is Richard Pietro. I'm at Vasta, and thanks again to Keith for the music for the podcast. Mm -hmm.